Hello everybody and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Health and Sports Show. My name is Tom Butterfield, I'll be your host. And now that travel restrictions are easing and we can start looking at some trips a bit further afield than our local supermarket, I thought in order to celebrate, we'd talk about something that perhaps a couple of years ago we never thought we'd talk about again, and that is jet lag. Before we talk about jet lag, we need to talk about the circadian rhythm. Now, if we break this word up, circa means around, and dian means, well, it comes from diem, which means day. So we have around the day. It gets its name because research has shown that the circadian rhythm, although it varies from person to person, it lasts a little over 24 hours. So that's why it's called the around a day rhythm. <laughs> Have you ever heard the phrase, uh, I'm a night owl, or someone might say I'm more of a morning person? Well, that's because our circadian uh, rhythm lengths and patterns do vary. So you have some people who feel much happier going to bed a little later and getting up later. These are our night owls. And we have some people who will naturally go to bed a bit earlier. And of course they wake up earlier. These are our morning people. So it'd be good to know which one you are. Are you a night owl or a morning person? So if you just pop that down into the uh, comments below if you're watching this on YouTube, or you can always stick it into the review if you're listening to it on the podcast. So jet lag is when our normal circadian rhythm, which is part of our internal body clock, and the new local time that we're in, don't match up, they don't sync up with each other. So we've got a difference between our internal body clock and the time of day. When we used to travel long distances by boat or by train, it was impossible to fly through these time zones in such a short period of time. So therefore our circadian rhythms tended to sort of adapt and catch up a little easier. But once we had the jet engine come along, then all of a sudden we could fly through these, uh, literally through these time zones really, really quickly. And this gave birth to jet lag. The circadian rhythm can be affected by factors both from inside the body and outside of the body. So either internal or external uh, factors affecting the body. And one of the circadian rhythm's functions is to determine when we want to be awake and when we want to be asleep. The internal factors are determined by activity in the specific parts of the brain that are vital for triggering the release of certain hormones. External factors such as light influence those parts of the brain as well, and that of course has a knock-on effect into the internal body clock. Melatonin, for example, is a hormone that's produced by the brain during darkness and inhibited when it's light. So when the natural light level starts to drop, the amount of melatonin release starts to rise. And melatonin is kind of like the starting pistol to signal to our brain that it's now dark and it's time to start the process of sleep. When light starts to increase, so at daybreak, the amount of melatonin starts to fall and the process of waking up begins. And as we said before, the momentum of the body clock takes time to change and it is quite slow to adapt. It apparently takes one day for every hour of time difference, so one day for every time zone that you pass through. 
So if it's a five hour time difference or you've gone through five time zones, then you should expect it to take about five days to fully adapt to your new time zone. Now it could be possible before you leave for your long haul trip to try and eke yourself along and maybe shift over two to three time zones before you go over a two to three day period. But what you have to make sure with this is you're not detrimentally affecting your sleep before you go. Otherwise, really, it's just a, a waste of your time. When you get onto the plane, there are some things that you can do to help minimize the negative effects of jet lag. But there's also some things that are generally just good for your health at the same time as well. One of these is to keep yourself hydrated. Now, any dehydration increases the risk of upper respiratory infections. So drinking often, using saline sprays, maybe some eye drops as well, and to uh, keep the mucous membranes nice and uh, moist and hydrated. And you could also, if you really wanted to go for it, you could use an air humidifier as well. Try and keep yourself as hydrated as you can. Secondly, and probably the most important, is to try and prevent or reduce the risk of getting any sort of DVT, which is a deep vein thrombosis. So you might wear some compression socks. Compression socks should also mix in and combine with your strategy to keep yourself hydrated as well. Walk around the plane as much as you can. Maybe a little bit of light stretching as well can help. And if you really need it, and if you do have any past medical history, of, uh, of clotting, then you might get a heparin injection from your physician. You could take a melatonin supplement. Now, melatonin can be really useful if you get the timing right, but it can be difficult to really judge it properly. You've got to plan it out ahead of time. You can't just get on the plane and take it any old time because if you get it wrong, it could actually have a detrimental effect and push you back further. Now, one of my favorite pastimes on a plane is sleeping. But unfortunately, the length of time that we sleep on the plane doesn't really affect jet lag at the other end of the journey. But it certainly won't do us any harm in our adjustment period to the new time zone. But if we're planning a morning arrival, then try to sleep in the hours just prior to landing. If, however, you've got an evening arrival, then try to sleep earlier in the flight. But once we do land, how can we help to adapt to our new time zone? Well, this really depends on which direction you've traveled. Have you gone eastwards or have you gone westwards? Uh, symptoms generally when we go eastwards are more pronounced and the adaptation process is a little bit longer to compare to traveling westwards. Forgot which way I pointed now. <laughs> if you're traveling after you've traveled eastwards, then getting yourself out in the late afternoon can be quite beneficial to get some sunlight exposure. Wearing dark glasses through the morning can minimize the level of light exposure you experience and it can be beneficial for in the first few days to just to let yourself sleep in, you know, minimize that light exposure you're getting as eastward travel naturally makes it a bit more difficult to wake up early in the mornings. For a westward journey, it's important to try and remain active during the daytime and to avoid long naps because napping can sort of anchor or keep us in that home time zone and uh, should try and be avoided. As all of us know who've done that journey, it's easier said than done, that's for sure. We might find a bit of light exercise quite beneficial. It sort of stimulates your mind and body and it might also help to reduce or alleviate some of the other symptoms of jet lag that you're experiencing. 
But if you're not the exercise type, then just being socially active can be beneficial as well. It has a similar effect. It's going to, in conversation, it's going to help stimulate your mind. It's going to keep you going and help with that synchronization with your circadian rhythm into that local time zone. And when you've traveled westward, it's okay and acceptable to go to bed maybe an hour or two earlier than you would have done back home. But of course, you'll find that you won't have any issues waking up. You'll probably wake up an hour or two earlier than usual. And you'll probably find that your sleeping pattern gets nice and synchronized before the circadian rhythm does. So we thought we'd summarize with a list of general recommendations for long haul travel. Try to adopt the local time as soon as possible. Stay awake during the day, even if you're really tired and try to get a bit of natural sunlight at optimal times. So if you've traveled eastward, you want to get daylight in the late afternoon. And if you traveled westward, you'd be better off getting some in the morning. Exposure to bright light is the best method for resetting circadian rhythms. Exposure to bright light in the morning will advance the body clock, while exposure in the late evening will promote a delay. Exercise might be very useful for helping to resynchronize your body clock with the local time, but it's more likely to be useful for westward travel rather than eastward travel. Having a nice high protein diet in the mornings can help to stimulate the body, whereas having a high carbohydrate load in the evenings can help promote sleepiness. If your trip's pretty short, it's only maybe a couple of days and you've traveled through maybe only three time zones, you might actually just choose to behave as if you were back at home and that will minimize the difficulty readjusting once you get back home again. Now, hopefully some of you listening to this are planning a long haul trip to take part in some kind of sporting activity or event somewhere in the world. So I thought I'd add a little bit of a performance perspective into this as well. Now, during the period when the body clock is adjusting to the new time zone, you may well experience reduced physical or mental performance. Ideally during the adaptation period, which especially is the first two to three days when you're into that new time zone, you shouldn't go too gung-ho with the exercise. Keep it quite light rather than anything strenuous or competitive because there is a risk of injury because due to the jet lag, you will be reduced in your physical capacity and maybe your cognitive capacity as well. So your decision-making might not be as good as usual. So if you are planning an event, you wanna get there at least three, four, maybe even five days beforehand to let yourself adjust so that you can perform at a better level. Well, I hope this helps you when you're jetting around the world, whether it's on a nice family holiday or perhaps you're taking part in some sporting event way across the globe somewhere. Whatever it is, I hope it's helped. But please do share the episode with maybe some friends or some family members. If you can like the episode or like the video, subscribe to the channel if you can. Maybe even leave a little review as well if you haven't already. That'd be fantastic. We really look forward to hearing from you all. We've uh, had some really nice messages of late and some really good ideas actually for future content, which we've uh, written down. We're going to take that on board. You can find us on our social media as well. And all the links are in the description. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. So see you soon. Bye bye.